From Odyssey, I'm Lauren Berry, and this is the On Deadline podcast, where we bring you a deeper look at a top story out of our radio newsrooms across the country. On Deadline today is the continued crisis in the world of medicine. Healthcare workers across the country face an overload of patients without enough colleagues to share the work. There's backbreaking hours, there's burnout, retirement, and an aging population with an increased need for care. Experts will tell you that the healthcare industry is on the brink of disaster, and experts predict it will only get worse as the number of nurses, EMS workers, pharmacists, nursing home workers, physicians, and more tumble. According to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, by the year 2031, the country will have a shortage of 195,400 nurses. As that shortage is growing bigger, it's believed that the number of openings for health aides and personal health aides will also increase 37% by 2028. And for physicians, the Association of American Medical Colleges is expecting the country to suffer a shortage of 124,000 doctors over the next 12 years. Pair this data with thousands of pharmacists at the nation's largest pharmacies, CVS and Walgreens, walking off the job last week to protest understaffing and overwork. Plus, the recently published Clinician of the Future Education Edition report that found that a quarter of medical students consider quitting before they finish their training. Stand back, and America's healthcare system looks like the Titanic driving straight into an iceberg. Louisiana is facing the shortage of medical professionals head-on. Kathy Baldridge, the president of the Louisiana Association of Nurse Practitioners, joined Odyssey to discuss the perfect storm brewing in her state. Yeah, so um, let's start at the beginning. Obviously, we have folks that desire to go into the practice of nursing, health care. I read an article that said we're just not getting the number of applicants to go to these educational opportunities of nursing. Is that, in fact, correct? Is that true? Well, that's one aspect of why we don't have enough nurses that are graduating because, you know, there was a survey that was done and they just said, honestly, they didn't go into nursing because of the rigor of the program and they just didn't want to have that rigor when applicants were asked, high school students and that sort of thing. But the bigger issue is that, honestly, we've had about 91,000 qualified applicants that were turned away in 2021. This is national. And around 78,000 that were turned away in 2022 because we don't have enough nursing faculty to accept qualified applicants into the program. And if you just think about those numbers that we turned away because we don't have enough educators, we wouldn't be facing the dire shortage that we are today. Why don't we have enough? One of the reasons is, you know, they just don't get paid a lot. And, you know, they graduate a a nursing student, and a nursing student who graduates can go out and make more than our faculty do. So that's one of the reasons. So you don't have a, a lot of nurses that seek faculty positions in Louisiana. We have uh, 51 vacant nurse faculty positions, and with pre-licensure nursing, so those are the students that are going to be an RN, you have to, you cannot accept more than 10 nursing students per faculty member. It's tough business, nursing. It is It's not easy. It's not easy. It's sloppy, just to not get too (laughs) deep in, in the weeds. We have an aging population, especially in our market, so you're not really 
working with folks in their 20s, 30s, or 40s in, in, in the hospitals. It's predominantly those that are on Medicare, Medicaid, seniors, which is even a bigger challenge. It's a bigger challenge, yes, and and patients seem to be sicker today. Some of that, too, is driven by who can be admitted into the hospital, and that's insurances as well, you know. But it's sicker, and nurses are at the bedside, and they're, you know, the eyes and ears of the patient 24-7 reporting what needs to be done and, and doing whatever needs to be done to take care of those patients. So it's not just um, passing pills. There's a lot of critical thinking, and it's a high-level, high-stress but very rewarding profession. Since the COVID-19 pandemic, American habits have changed when it comes to healthcare. If you feel like you're seeing more urgent care centers than ever before, you're not wrong. CNN reported that demand at urgent care sites surged during the pandemic as people sought tests and treatments. Patient volume has jumped 60% since 2019, that's according to the Urgent Care Association and Industry Trade Group. That, in turn, has fueled growth of new urgent care centers. A record of 11,150 of these centers popped up around the United States recently. In fact, they're growing at 7% a year. Dr. Sally Moravchuk, president of the New Jersey Academy of Family Physicians, joined Odyssey in New York City to discuss how healthcare demands are changing in the U.S. The number of urgent care centers, most of them walk-in clinics, has exploded in New Jersey in recent years. Why do you suppose they are becoming so popular? Um, you know, you're, you're very right. Over the last five years, the number of urgent care centers has almost doubled. You know, unfortunately, there's a bit of a physician shortage, a primary care shortage, and uh, I think that's uh, providing the opportunity for some retail urgent care centers to pop up. I also think that people like convenience, and uh, sometimes they don't want to wait to see their doc. And, uh, you know, I work here in Jersey City with Vanguard Medical Group. Some of my patients pop into urgent care because they were walking by. You mentioned a shortage of doctors. Some people who don't have a doctor have traditionally used hospital emergency rooms as their primary care physicians, not the best use of the ER. Can urgent care centers better fill that role? Yeah, you know, urgent care centers have a role. And absolutely, if you can offload some of the non-life-threatening urgent health matters into an urgent care center, then you free up availability in the emergency room to handle that heart attack when it comes in, to handle the stroke when it comes in. You want the ER to have capacity. And, you know, if somebody cuts their finger while they're making dinner on Friday night and they're not able to get in to see their primary care doctor, yes, an urgent care center might be a good choice. But I always want my patients to call me first. Most urgent care centers are found in densely populated urban areas. Is location important? Oh, absolutely. And I think uh, many of these retail urgent care centers look at retail space where there is a dense population, a lot of foot traffic, good parking. Some of them are popping up like other retail spaces like McDonald's and, and uh, UPS. They're looking for a good place where they're going to get a lot of customers. Can an urgent care facility replace your doctor? Oh, gosh, I hope not. Absolutely not. Urgent care, like I said, it has its place, but it does not replace primary care. When you go to your primary care doctor, they're not just taking care of the problem that you're coming in with today. They're looking to see, have you had your cancer screenings? How's your blood pressure? Do you need your cholesterol checked? Are you diabetic? Do you need your blood work done? 
So they're looking to keep you healthy. And they're also looking to give you vaccinations and do things that will prolong your health span, not just fix the problem in front of them. How do we decide if a trip to the urgent care is better than a trip to the emergency room or perhaps vice versa? Maybe the ER is uh, more appropriate. Is it kind of a a life-threatening illness or injury situation? If it's life-threatening, go to the ER? Yes, that's that's exactly correct. If you have a life-threatening problem, you've been in a serious car accident, you think you're having a heart attack, you might be having a stroke, you've got severe abdominal pain and you might need a surgery. These are emergencies, absolutely. You're short of breath, having respiratory distress, go to the ER. That's an ER visit. Hospitals and urgent care centers are struggling to get enough nurses to handle patients, and disturbing recent headlines don't help their cause. In Pennsylvania, a nurse has been charged after 17 patients died in her care. They had serious but generally stable health conditions. Nicknamed the murder nurse, Heather Presti is facing four counts of murder, 17 counts of attempted murder, and 19 counts of neglect of a care-dependent person. Prosecutors say that Presti openly talked about how she thought some of her patients, quote, just needed to die. She also reportedly once texted her mother that a patient needed pillow therapy, a reference to smothering them with a pillow. Throughout investigations into her actions, Presti has admitted to over-medicating a total of 22 patients with insulin and wanting some to, quote, slip into a coma and die. Lawyer Robert Pierce, who is representing some of those impacted by Presti's actions, joined Odyssey to discuss the recent updates in the case. My friend, this is uh, horrific, to say the least, is it not, sir? When you and I talked about this uh, approximately a month or so ago, I I told you I was afraid it was going to get a lot worse, and uh, our investigation, my concerns, unfortunately, are true. There were 19 additional people identified yesterday. Wow. Uh, There are at least 17 that have passed away. Uh, This situation is awful. It may even get worse. The attorney general, along with our office, has asked any member of the public to call if they had a loved one that may have been treated by Nurse Presby. And so I I don't want to tell you this is the tip of the iceberg. I think we're seeing, if you will, more of the iceberg. But uh, it's a terrible situation, and uh, it has potential to even grow. My God. Wow. It it jumps off the page to me. How the hell can this woman work at at least five facilities and murder in each one of them and no one knows? What the hell, man? That's exactly, in all honesty, why Ms. Bauer's family hired us. They wanted us to look into the the practices, the procedures, the investigation done of employees before they were hired at a variety of homes. In this case, we represent someone who uh, passed away at Bel Air. Uh, healthcare rehabilitation center, but that was the seventh facility. There were six prior ones Nurse Presby worked in before uh, our client's family had their mother placed in Bel Air. They thought they were doing the right thing, and obviously it had horrific consequences. And quite candidly, Marty, it's just not acceptable. I mean, uh, you know, I've said to everyone that's asked me this question, if you were on, you know, uh, 11 different radio stations over five years, Someone would say, wait a second, this doesn't make sense. Some places you're nice. only after a couple months. Nice. Why did you leave there? What happened? Let nice. me call your previous employer. The worst thing I noticed in, you know, in, in our particular case is in the, in the attorney general's report yesterday, they indicated at Bel Air employees 
mentioned, they were specifically concerned that, that Ms. Presby was killing residents. Ah. It's within the police report, killing residents. They did an investigation and didn't find enough evidence. Ah. She continued to work there and then went on to multiple facilities after that. <sighs> I mean, I, I just can't understand how a medical facility has its own employees saying, we are concerned one of the nurses here is killing someone, and yet you don't tell the future employers, you just let her go out back in the public. It's awful, and quite candidly, if there's anything this family can do Man. by having all these employers, these homes, these facilities change their practices, at least something good could come from their mother's passing. And this is tough to take. So, folks, know she thinks in her warped way that she's some sort of angel of mercy. Seriously, she thinks she was pe putting people out of their misery with uh, shots of insulin that killed them, right? I think that's one way of looking at it, but I actually think it got even warped more so than that. You know, according to the re police report, they did a forensic examination of her cell phone, and there are multiple, multiple texts of family members talking about killing people, oh. talking about, I'm so angry I could do this or that to someone. Oh, no. Uh, this is just an individual that expressed for many years, uh, I'll call extreme anger, extreme rage, and literally said out loud or in text messages to family members about killing people. And yet, not a single employer did anything about her and let her go to 11 facilities, work at 11 facilities over five years yeah. with multiple, multiple people passing away. Hey, man, how'd she finally get caught? Towards the end, there was uh, more concerns being expressed, some investigation. And then once the police went to her house and confronted her, uh, she admitted to what she had been doing. And then uh, the police were able to do the proper investigation to get a hold of her cell phone and uh, some other matters, search her social media posts, et cetera, and then start to put the pieces together. You know, I will say the attorney general's office has done a phenomenal job from arresting her in May of this year and literally a few months later identifying 19 additional patients that had been abused and killed, 17 of which you know had passed away. I think that's the police when they were informed of it. They moved on it immediately, and quite candidly, I, I congratulate, if you will, the police for doing that, the Attorney General's office, and yet I keep saying to myself, why didn't each of these employers yeah. do something and yeah. notify someone to prevent more people from passing? How do we find a facility? Who do we talk to at the facility? How do we know anything like this existed, or how do we know? I, I have no clue. This nurse, uh, Presby, uh, might have killed uh, more than 20 people. And check this out. Listen to uh, some of the investigators. Co-workers at several facilities where she worked said Presley would religiously say that residents need to die. In 2022, a doctor made a referral to the State Department of Health that Presley was harming patients. Time after time after time, incident after incident after incident, she kept murdering and no one stopped her. I think that's what troubles me most, Rob. How the hell's that happen, man? It's a total lack of oversight. You know, what, what people need to remember is these facilities are paid by the government. They're paid, you know, through Medicare, Medicaid, private insurance at times to care for patients. And, you know, it just makes you wonder, are they more concerned about profits or are they in the healthcare business? Because, you know, you, you have multiple employees at multiple places expressing concern. And just like you mentioned, it's within the police report, there was explicit concern that she was killing people, not harming, killing, and yet they pass her on to something else. It, you know, it, at times it's analogous to what we've heard about pedophiles being in groups. They yes. you know, let's get them out of here yes. and then go someplace else and keep your mouth shut.
but that's just not acceptable because it leads to harm for people in the future. The National Institutes of Health reported last year that over 70% of nurses reported recently experiencing stress, along with nearly 30% of physicians. Can anything be done to improve these statistics? Experts say there is something, a better staffed healthcare industry. But attracting and keeping workers will take a cascading number of decisions. Decisions that include debt relief for those who graduate with healthcare degrees, increased diversity in recruiting, and more. This show is produced by Joe Heady, Christy Strauser, Myron Kaplan, and Bill Smee. I'm Lauren Barry, and I want to say thanks for listening to On Deadline, Odyssey serving of the top news story just for you. Subscribe on the Odyssey app or wherever you find your podcast to stay informed.